calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello and welcome to this episode of Take 15. I'm Lauren Foster, Content Director at CFA Institute. And joining me today is uh, Thomas Giacchetti. He is Chair of the Securities Practice Group at Stark & Stark and a frequent speaker on the topic of cyber risk and financial services. Welcome, Tom. Thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Um, Thank you. So I think it's fair to say that 2014 was a banner year for cybersecurity in the news. There was Target, JP Morgan, Home Depot, Last month we heard from Anthem, a massive cyber breach. Um, these are all big corporations, and I'm wondering, for financial advisory firms, have they taken the threat seriously? Do they really grasp how severe it actually is? I think they have, but I think there's a big disconnect between those type of very, very large international entities and a small advisory firm. From a small advisory firm, they're saying, what can we do? And there's not a lot they can do from a macro level, but there are a lot of things they can do within their own offices and premises and with their employees to control the risk that they have within their ability to do. I know you like to say it's not cyber security, it's information security. Correct. Um, and advisors as fiduciaries um, are responsible for keeping their clients' information safe. Right, they're stewards. Yep, absolutely. So tell us about confidentiality agreements. I mean, who needs to sign these? Well, generally, I want anyone who has access to our information, okay, especially access to our premises or direct access to our information, to sign a confidentiality agreement. So employees, uh, anybody who's hired by the landlord or managing agent who has access, including the managing agent, a, uh, the cleaning staff, uh, the uh, security staff, and then those uh, immediate types of uh, professionals who have access to our information such as an IT consultant and even a shredding service. You know, there are safeguards you should be taking, but at the very least, if you're not requesting a confidentiality agreement, you haven't even, you haven't, you haven't begun okay, what's, re what, what, what's reasonable under the circumstances. So, I mean, there's something that the advisors can control, there's something that they can't control. Obviously, um, a confidentiality agreement is one thing that they control. Um, what are some other things that they, that they can control? Well, they can control, uh, one, educating their employees okay. and educating their clients as to uh, how to send information electronically, when to encrypt, all right? That they can do. Uh, limiting access to information to certain people. Not everyone needs to have access. Uh, locking your doors at night if there's a lock on the door. Locking file cabinets. Uh, making sure there's nothing in plain view of anybody after hours that has information on it that could result in identity theft, such as a social security number with a client's name and an address. So listening to you speak earlier, you sort of touched on a couple of things like vendors, IT consultants, custodians. Um, what are some other potential exposures for financial advisors or their firms? Well, 
the exposure is that if a client, if a client's information is intercepted and uh, the advisor has a fiduciary duty to advise the client. Now obviously when a client hears that they're going to be very, very insecure and most likely leave. Uh, then the advisor has an absolute uh, uh, responsibility to advise the custodian. Uh, the custodian will probably freeze the account. There are a lot of things that have to be done. It's, it's, very, it's, a, it's a harsh remedy, but you can't take any, uh, uh, you can't take a shortcut. Okay, you, you've got to make sure that there's no access to that account. There was something I read recently, it was the SEC um, had found that 88% of advisors said they'd uh, been the target of cyber attacks. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, many advisors, uh, uh, some get it it's on a weekly basis, uh, requests for uh, transfer of funds, usually electronic. And they have to be very careful because these criminals uh, will intercept a client's email, impersonate the client, you'll believe it's the client, you want to be full service and get things done, and you're transferring monies out and it's to someone else in a bank in a foreign country. Now, if someone gets a request to do a wire transfer, what is uh, their uh, obligation to check? You know, there's, you have to do, you're a fiduciary, you have a responsibility, you have to do what's reasonable. Uh, to me, the, the first step is to call the client and verbally confirm. But the person who makes that call sh needs to know that client so un uh, can, can recognize his or her voice. Because that's a step that's being missed now, where the, where the call's being made, but it's being made by somebody who doesn't recognize the voice. Right. So I think you spend a lot of time helping clients with compliance. Correct. Um, and I guess the SEC has a list of questions uh, to help advisors address specific cyber risks. Right. Um, are there any particular questions that you think are useful for viewers to know about? Well, I think what the, the, some of the things the SEC is asking is how do you educate your your uh, client, your, your clients and your employees. Okay, does everybody have access or only those who have a need have access? Have you obtained cyber insurance in the event there is an issue? And I think that's critical, you know, uh, because you can do everything you can do, uh, you know, within reason. Because remember, these are small firms, most of them. They don't have the resources that, that a, a major money center bank is going to have. But to buy that liability protection could, could be a, a, a very vital thing to do in the event of, uh, of a claim. And do firms need a, a written cybersecurity policy? And, and if they do, what has to be in it? They definitely need a policy uh, or a program, something of some sort that addresses the firm's risks based upon who the firm is, their employees, their number of boss offices, their counterparties. Okay, so there's no one-size-fits-all. And we're always trying to find a one-size-fits-all or a best practice. There really is no such thing. I guess I'm thinking you know, a motivated, skilled, funded hacker will probably always find a way to get There's in. There's no doubt. So like, what about sort of E&O insurance? How important is that for I a think it's very important because you can do all you think you can do under the circumstance or as reasonable uh, based upon what you're able to afford. Uh, and they still may be a couple steps ahead of you. So that's where the insurance, although no one wants to spend money for insurance. Okay. Uh, you only want it when, when, it ha when you need it. Uh, I think it's really important. 
was a great insight. Thank you very much for joining us and uh, thank you for watching. Copyright 2015 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.